Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Missing Maura Murray podcast. Lance, how are you tonight? Doing very well. How are you? I'm doing well, too, and we have a doozy for this episode, don't we? Yes, we have a doozy. It's something that I feel like a lot of the listeners have been waiting for. I know I know I've been waiting for, I believe you have been waiting for the opportunity to talk to James Renner again, and we got him back on the show. My adrenaline was was pumping during this. It was it was a good debate. And debate, I think, is the right word. But we also knew that we had to ask him some of the tough questions that we never really asked him before. And our our kind of our interview style on this show doesn't really breed like combative conversations. Um, because we, we just like to hear someone out and, and we ask questions about their thinking, that kind of thing. But this one, we did push back against James a little bit because we just felt like we had to, right? Yeah. I don't even know if it was a pushback. It was more along the lines of we would establish a point. He would question it. He would establish a point. We would question it. It was really holding both parties accountable for positions that each party has taken. He takes a certain position in this case and publicly puts it out there. And I don't think there's been a whole lot of continuing questioning of the why. I was uh, I was happy with the way this turned out as we continued to question where did you get the information? How did you come to this conclusion? Which he did to us as well. It was like kind of sparring in an interview. It was something that was long overdue, I think, for Tim and I and for the show. Yeah. And of course, James's book, True Crime Addict, came out last May. So if you are interested in reading more about that, check that out on Amazon. Oddly enough, we didn't get too much into the book during this conversation because of the spirited debate that that occurred. So let's play the interview with James Renner. And please go to blueapron.com slash missing to get your first three meals free with free shipping. Hi, James Renner. Welcome back to the Missing Maura Murray podcast. It's been a while. How's things going? Things are good. Can't complain. Um, I'm trying to uh, transition away from true crime into into the world of fiction and and murder mysteries. I want to write about crimes that that I can actually solve, you know? Uh, Put a nice ending on a story. not take myself too seriously anymore. So um, that's the that's the goal. I'm doing very limited um, interviews uh, about about these cases, and uh, um, you know, you guys invited me on, you know, one more time, and I figured I'd do this. But um, you know, there's you know, as you you guys know, there's a lot of interest in 
reality TV now, what they call unscripted television. Everybody wants a crime show, and I'm, uh, I'm sure you guys are getting approached left and right uh, because I know I am, and uh, I'm turning a lot of these things down, a lot of these projects down um, because uh, you know I want to do things that are a little bit more fun and and not so tragic. And beyond that, uh, I I am. Uh, personally convinced that that Mora is alive and doesn't want to be found and so I don't know what the end game here is in, anymore I don't know what a good I don't I don't think there's a good ending for this so uh, I am not pursuing her I'm not I'm not trying to find her anymore because I do believe she's out there and I believe she has a kid and doesn't want to be found so as an adult she's allowed to do that and uh, that's that's kind of where I've where I've come to now, we'll get to that in one moment. I just want to point out that uh, I don't know how many offers you got today, Tim, but I'm I'm in the dozens. My agent is turning away. Uh, I mean, I could show you my phone. It's blow. It literally started to to overheat. Cause... Oh, it's because you have one of those Galaxy uh, Sevens. I would be very surprised if you guys haven't been approached uh, by a, a couple different places. I personally think I have a. Uh... A face for podcasting and a and a voice for uh, <laughs> TV. <laughs> so, what makes you so convinced that she was pregnant? Um, well, I go back to the first interview I had with Lieutenant uh, Scarinza, the guy that was in charge of the case for the longest time, um, and you know they found these searches on Moore's computer before she disappeared uh, that. She was um, searching on the Internet for information about drinking while pregnant. And Scarinza, at the time that I talked to him, was very certain that, you know, in his mind, he believed she was pregnant and when she disappeared. And when I look at this, I think if she, if she is alive, what would compel her to remain hidden all these years? And the, you know, the, the, the easiest answer there the most logical answer is that she was pregnant, that she had a kid. Uh, I suspect the father would have been Bill Roush, and uh, she wishes to remain hidden um, because she doesn't want that kid to ever have to um, go in front of a judge for custody. She doesn't want Bill to have anything to do with it. And I think that is motivation enough for her to not reach out to uh, family and friends and i think she has other reasons not to reach out to family as well um so that's kind of where that's where that's where i'm at i think all the evidence points to the fact that um that she was getting away that she was in the process of running away um and i think the only thing that makes sense with the scene of the accident and what happened to her is that she was picked up by a tandem driver um and then the question becomes well if she was picked up by a tandem driver, why haven't they said anything? And the reason is simple. They, they don't want to blow her cover. They don't want, they don't want her to be found either because she, because she doesn't want to be found. I know that Tim and I are both like salivating to, to follow up. So Tim, you go. So you don't believe that she was drinking while she was on her way up to New Hampshire then? I don't know that she was the one that was drinking. I think she might've been, I think, um, you know, maybe what she was looking into is how much she could drink without it being harmful to the kid. You know, um, you know, I know even now, you know, some doctors will say it's, it's fine to have a glass of wine. It's fine to have one drink, um, you know, a day while you're pregnant. Maybe that's why she was looking into it. Um, so it might've been her drinking. It might've been somebody else. I think she was probably in that car by herself and the person that was driving with her was in a vehicle in front of her. Um, and when she got in the accident, they saw that she wasn't behind them anymore um, and doubled back and picked her up. Um, you know, one of the big things that I keep going back at is if we're to believe anything else happened to Maura Murray, we have to believe that she never told anybody that she was going up to the White Mountains because they would have come forward and said that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't believe that. Um, I, I've. I've asked women, young women, um, 
if they've ever done that, if they've ever gone off on their own and never said anything to anybody about their plans, never left a note or an email about about what they were doing. And at first, you know, the, the response I'll get is, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I needed a mental health day. I took off um, and I didn't tell anybody where I was going. And I said, now, now think about that and and ask yourself if that's really true. And And they'll come back with, well, I left a note for my roommate just so she wouldn't worry. Or I emailed my mother or something like that. Nobody just goes off and does that. Um, so, again, the logical explanation is more did tell somebody or or her friends or a couple people what she was doing and the reason that they haven't come forward and and said that is because they don't want to blow her cover uh, because there's a reason not to do that and that reason is a kid um you know i believe that sighting at butson's that happened there just want to i just want to interrupt you for a second i got a question why not have an abortion i think she wanted to keep the kid and, you know, so you're saying if she didn't want custody, if if she was so afraid that she had to leave her life, yeah. would, would abortion be a, a simpler explanation? I think that goes to her upbringing, I think, more than anything else. She's a Catholic girl at heart. Um, you know, she I think she wanted a kid. I think she saw an opportunity to get away. And I think she had help from an abused women's network. Uh, you know, I a woman who worked for this place called House of Ruth contacted me um, a little over a year ago and said that she believed that Moore used House of Ruth in order to get away and start a new life. And you look into these organizations for abused and battered women, they work as well, if not better, than uh, witness protection. Um, okay. They, they make somebody disappear. And, okay. and I, she had, I think she had reason because, um, you know, you look into what happened with Bill Roush since the disappearance, and it goes to his character um uh, the the whole reason he lost his job at Ray Group International um which which you can you know this is this is backed up not not just because I've talked to the 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 five women that he worked with uh and verified that this happened but I've talked to Bill Roush himself who admits that he lost that job after there were allegations of sexual assault uh on a woman there so you know I I think more wanted would never want to have a kid with Bill and saw an opportunity to get away. Now, you, you said that uh, there's so many so many questions I'm writing down right now, so we're going to end up backtracking a bit, and then we'll get back on track, I'm, I'm sure. But um, one, one, one thing is the, the fact that – and just answer it in a yes or no. Um, do you think that she had a solid upbringing? No. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. It was a – it was a – you know um, – no, it was a it was a tumultuous family and family situation. Um, her her relationship with her mother was untenable. Um, you know her. So if you're asking for a yes or no answer, the answer is no. Uh, no, she it wasn't a good relationship. When she was with Haas, this guy, she was uh, this track coach. She was with for a while. They were having a, a little affair. Was was he um, engaged or with a girlfriend or married? I don't know. And was 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 she? She was with Bill. I just I just have a problem when people call it an affair. I just think that it makes it sound a little too lurid. How old were they? I mean, they were they were very young, but no doubt about it. Moore was with Bill. Haas knew about Bill. They all knew about Bill. She was stepping out. But everybody says that Billy and her were breaking up at the time. No, they were very much they were very much together. During the, the course of that relationship, um, you know, he I don't think they were breaking up because they were promised to be engaged. This engagement was going to happen. She was making plans to go to Fort Sill. That's coming from Billy, who who said that to the newspaper reporters after she went missing, that I wasn't her father doesn't know, but we were engaged to be engaged. So now we're taking somebody who is who, who has uh, women abuse allegations and. And and a questionable character, we're taking that part for for uh, for fact. This is coming from Haas. This is coming from Kate Markopoulos. You know, during our conversations, you know where they were at in their relationship and what was going on. We know, um, 
you know, Maura was with Bill all that Christmas vacation, you know, right before she disappeared, too. Okay. Uh, but the reason I mentioned Haas is because when they were together, um, Moore never, ever mentioned Fred. Never mentioned Fred once. In fact, Haas told me, he said, I didn't even know her father was still around. You know, he could have been dead as far as I know. So, no, Fred was living outside of the house. He was living up in Weymouth. They had separated after Kurt came along. Um, the, the relationship between Moore and Julie was very strained. Um, Kathleen's doing her own thing. Um, Maura was very close with Kurt. That relationship was solid, you know, and uh, um, that would be a hard one to to walk away from for sure. What do you think then like could have happened from the time where Maura got pregnant with Billy's kid and decided to run away from him? Like what, you know, like she had sex, if she had sex with him, obviously, you know, and, and, and the relationship is strong. And then he goes to Oklahoma and she goes back to UMass. And then all of a sudden something happens that tells her that he's not a good guy. No, I think, and this is, you know, again, this is speculation. I believe she's alive. I believe she was pregnant. I believe that was the motivation. So what you're asking me is what changed, what changed is more, more found out she was pregnant. That was the impetus. That was the, that was, that was what started her off on, um, this trip, I need to leave. Things that Maura did before she left. She looked up directions to um, to to go stow to Brenton Woods. This is all proven fact, right? Okay. Uh, she looked up uh, the effects of drinking when pregnant. I just want to put a side note on that, that she was also a nursing student. And if she was pregnant... Has there been anybody that you know of in her nursing program that she could have simply asked instead of looking up the effects of being pregnant? Has anyone that you've spoke to ever said, yeah, Maura asked me what the effects are of drinking when pregnant? No, no. I've spoken to a couple people that were in the program with her at the time. So she did some extensive computer internet researching before she, she left. With your theory, how far along – and I do have a point. I'm not just rambling. With your theory, how far along was she in her pregnancy, do you think? I think she probably just found out. I mean they were only – I think it was two or three weeks into uh, into the spring semester. So okay. you know, I think, I think probably very early on. It's really tough for me to think that she just found out she was pregnant, looked up these directions, looked up the effect of drinking – but yet there's no search on women underground, battered women underground railroads. There's no search on how to avoid the world and and maintain custody of a child when you don't want your family and boyfriend to know about it. There's nothing that that suggests that. And there's nothing suggesting that unless there's, there's some like something we don't know about. But there's nothing suggesting that when 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 all of her actions beforehand are pretty well documented and pretty straightforward. You know what else there's not? Yes. <laughs> Give it to me. What else we're missing is um, there's no, there's no, uh, she doesn't get anywhere with the, um, with her reservation. She doesn't find a place to stay. She, she calls this uh, Linda Salamone who had this condo up in New Hampshire, which, by the way, it was a two-bedroom condo. She's she's driving past Nootka Lodge, which had nice single rooms. Um, she's searching for uh, condos and places with more than one bedroom. So that, to me, says she's not traveling alone either. But then she doesn't find a place, right? The reason is she's working with somebody else. She's got a friend there that's also looking for reservations. This friend is the one that actually made the reservations, found a place to stay. That's why we don't have it because somebody else got it before her. They were, they were trading phone calls. She was in their room perhaps. But um, so the reason why we don't have an internet search for like house of Ruth or something like that, I would think there's a couple different explanations. Either the friend did it. She did it on, on um, the friend's computer or she had this 
thought in the back of her mind and had researched it for months. And the trigger was that kid that she was she had researched, uh, you know, these these battered women shelters had that idea in mind. But the go for it was was this kid. So I think perhaps she already had that info. The math doesn't work with the tandem driver. Why not? Of course it does. The, the tandem driver is the only way that accident scene makes sense. You so got you got to picture the you've got the Westmans, you've got John Marat, you've got Butch Atwood. Picture it as like three lighthouses. Hey, you're for, you're forgetting Forcier too. Okay, well. Forcier's Forcier, you know, I, I don't buy a word into what Forcier said or saw that night. So, but we've got three people that are watching the crime scene and it's dark out, right? And these three, one at a time, they're kind of watching the crime scene at one point or another. So I, I pictured in my mind as like these strobes of light that are illuminating the scene and they'll watch for 10 seconds or so. And then they'll look away and, and watch Jeopardy. <clears throat> and then they'll, they'll, go, they'll turn back to it. So you have these windows of 10 to 20 seconds of darkness where Mora disappeared. And she disappeared in one of those spots where nobody was watching that scene. But those, those spots were so small that it, it, there's no way somebody else could have come up that she didn't know and taken her away because there would have been that conversation. There would have been, Oh, Hey, what happened? Oh, I broke down. Do you need some help? Yeah. Let me get my things. And that, that would have taken about a minute in which case somebody would have seen that. But if it was somebody she knew that other vehicle, that driver could have swooped in more hop in. They're in, they're gone 10 seconds. That's how, she, that's how nobody saw anything because it was that, so the tandem driver was behind her. No, the tandem driver was in front of her. The, she, the, the tandem driver was leading, yep. probably because they, they, they had the reservations. They knew where they were going. They're leading. Mora gets into the accident. They either see it in their rear view or notice that she's not behind them. They turn around and they pick her up. I think they noticed that she was no longer behind them. And say a mile or two down the road, they turn around they come back and pick her up. You're shaking your head now. I'm shaking my head no because if it's a mile or two, so they're already over that hill going into Bath at that point, and and she's had the accident or maybe she just has the accident, right? And then enough time goes by where they say, "Oh man, where'd she go? I'm gonna have to turn around." It's not a whole lot of places to turn around there, so they have to do this like three-point turn in the road, so that takes a little bit of time, or even finding a place to turn around takes time. They turn around, so if she gets into the accident between like 7.20 and 7.25, right, because Faith calls it 7.27, so we can't really say that she got into the accident any earlier than that, right, 7.20? Yeah. Right. Right. So Faith never says that anybody came and picked her up. Butch is there. He never sees anybody, and soon after, the police are there. I just don't and, – and I just don't see I, – I just don't see somebody who – I just don't see the timing. Like I just don't see the – that is it's, – it's incredible timing. It's incredibly fortunate timing for somebody to realize that she's not behind them, to, to do that turn, to, to come up onto the scene and, and drive by, hey, hop in. And, and it just happens to be that like – that like 10 seconds where nobody nobody sees it because nobody says anything about that. Well, whatever happened, nobody saw it. Somebody saw it. Nobody saw her disappear. No, somebody saw it. Whatever happened, somebody saw it. If somebody took her, somebody, it was a tandem or, yeah. But none of the, you know, none of the neighbors saw it. But you can't even say that for certain. Somebody might have saw something that they didn't want to see. Nah, I don't buy that at all. Why? You know, why? Because I, I've talked to the Westmans. I've talked to Atwood's uh, wife. And I've talked to Marat. I've talked to everybody that was there. Uh, I believe when they tell me that they didn't see anything. And this idea that they saw 
somebody that they're afraid to talk about is it's just goddamn ridiculous. So you you talk to the Westmans and you take what they say as as truth when these are the same people that have said after three months of searching, what could they possibly be looking for? Even today, even on the 13-year anniversary, they still rope off the uh, old weathered barn. They don't want to talk to anybody. They want to be left alone, and that's and fine. They private wanted property signs up. Yeah, private property signs. They've called the cops on people. Maybe they don't want the attention because they saw something that they, they didn't want to see. I'm just I'm I am not saying that that is my 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 particular theory. I'm just saying that it is something that you can't just look at and say, well, the the Westman said this, so I'm going to say, you know, the Westmans probably wanted you to go away. <laughs> you know, when when we talked to the Westmans, they just wanted us to go away. But if we're if we're here analyzing people's behavior, I think it's fair. It's a fair point to yeah, analyze their right. behavior like that. I like to look at the. Uh, the probability and the probability is in my mind that that there is no conspiracy here that the westmans and marat and atwood are not covering from somebody or for somebody um that they honestly don't know and they don't know because they weren't looking at the moment that she disappeared sure but i'm not saying that it's a i'm not saying it's a total conspiracy with the westmans the marats and and the atwoods coming together and saying you know at a town hall meeting or like some smoky room where they're getting together and saying you know well, we're not talking about this incident ever again i just think that they're they just want to be left alone so i can't you can't formulate a, a you can't formulate a theory based on like the the way people be let's let's just say this let's say hypothetically the westmans saw something that scared them so much that they're gonna that they don't want anything to do with it. They saw they saw somebody with Mora, um, but they're keeping it secret. Why in the world didn't they move? No, all I'm saying, I'm not saying they did see something. I said in the beginning that this wasn't my theory. I wasn't trying to make this into a theory. I'm just saying that the type of people that they are, you can't just say, "Hey, I believe them." Hey, they didn't see anything. You, but then, but then, at the same time, say, Mora suddenly found Mora had this confidant that is so closely close knit with her that they are not going to talk for thirteen years, and they know goddamn well that something's going on. Yeah, well, let's and, get and it's, into that. it's honestly not a big deal if you have a child. They can't come forward because if they were to come forward, suddenly Bill has all these rights. That you know, suddenly Mora's covers blown. We know she's out there. We know she's living. We know she had she disappeared with a kid, you know. The, the Bill and his and his mother are going to be after that, you know, in a in a second. Why though? Bill's married with with a kid of his own. Like what? What? It wouldn't that be really awkward if if that were to happen? Why would he want? Um... It's it's Bill's mother. It's Sharon. You know, it's like a grandmother. You tell me a grandmother wouldn't want to see their kid. Moore would also be possibly facing charges for. Uh, running off with this kid and keeping it a secret from the father. I'm Kidnapping her own kid? What? The father has some sort of rights in this. You can't. A mother can't just take a kid away from the father and disappear. Where did she have the baby? I have no idea. Wherever she ended up with. But also, how how hard is he really going to fight for that if he's like uh, you know been, been accused of this sexual assault and uh, and and he knows that he's he's guilty of this? Like uh, he he doesn't obviously doesn't want this public. He he declined coming on this podcast, um, so he doesn't really want to talk much about that. So I, I I don't think she's hiding from him right now. I can't imagine like she's not physically afraid for, of him now, even if she was at one point or. Uh, and then certainly not of her family. I, I can't. I can't imagine. And again, this is the conclusion that that I've come up with. Um, you know, it, and I, I will preface it by saying, in a world of you know Ariel Castro's, I, I'm not going to be a hundred percent sure. But um, but my my strong feeling is that, that she's alive. And of course, if it was Bill's kid, that's motivation for her to to keep hidden. Um, it, she wouldn't want that to be. A custody issue, and as soon as she comes out of there, um, the the courts are going to be involved, or the grandparents are going to want to be involved. That kid is going to want some sort of um, connection there that she that she wouldn't want. I don't know, man. I I know people who I'm thinking about it right now who have had children who have had custody issues and have had bad family dynamics, and 
I just don't know. Like, it's not that bad. It's it's. We don't know how bad it was. We how, don't how, know how bad it was. Or how bad you're saying it was. I don't know how it was, period. <laughs> Every family's like, got some issues. I, I mean, there's there's... There's issues, and then there's like issues that you run away from for 13 years, and you only have one confidant who is so is so solid. They're not talking in 13 years. It just makes it 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 really pushes the boundaries for me. Well, especially that, because I feel like they weren't that good of friends, right? Kate and Sarah uh, with more. About... I, I don't know if we've actually named a name. Well, yet. I would assume that would be the confidants we were talking about. I, I could be wrong though. Well, one of them was. Well, we, oh, we don't know. Okay. He's got a couple of close friends that, uh, you know, Kate Markopoulos was a very close friend. They shared a, they shared a lot together. Um, they shared a lot together. Um, the, uh, you know, I don't know how close she was with Sarah, um, but, and, you know, I don't know if ultimately she would be the ones that she, she told. Um, but what's the alternative here? If, if this isn't what happened to Maura Murray, what did if she was murdered where's the body um i will say this you know uh, uh, a scene that needs to be searched because i don't think her you know she certainly didn't wander into the woods and die because you know she's succumbed to the elements that's not a possibility anybody that's been up to the crime scene knows that right away um it's not as desolate as as people have in their minds i mean this is uh there are lots of houses in the area she would have had to walk through somebody's yard um and that um, so if she was murdered, um, her, her body certainly wasn't dumped around that site because it's been searched with a fine-tooth comb around there within a five-mile radius, not just by, by Fred and family, but by uh, Fish and Game, who did a organized search twice with hundreds yep. of volunteers. Um, so, but I, I will tell you, I, I, they should do an organized search around the uh, hunting, uh, the um, UMass uh, Outing Club cabin. Um, I don't know what to make it of it, uh, but you know, the, you know, I, I know she, uh, in my mind, she wasn't traveling alone. Um, and there's, there, I guess there's one or two other explanations for that. But when we found out about the adding outing club cabin and I contacted the guy that runs the, the place and I, I said, Hey, let me just give you a list of names of people more new, maybe, we'll have a connection here. And he got back right away and he said, yeah, Haas. Haas was up here. Haas was part of the outing club. He knew this. He could have easily told more about it. Uh, was that her ultimate destination? And if, if it was, then we need a more organized search up there. Perhaps, perhaps her body's around the outing club cabin. But um, I'll, I'll tell you, I just have the sense that, that she's alive. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Looking back on on everything that's that's happened in the past few years with this, is there anything that I hate this question? And I'm sorry, I'm asking you, and you know what I'm going to ask you. But is there anything that you would have done differently with this? Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't have called her a sociopath. That's for for damn sure. Um, and you would you would have got away with it if it wasn't for us kids, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the time, I had we had all this evidence that uh, you know that I was becoming more and more convinced that she was alive, and I couldn't find any reason for her to want to do that other than being just a you know a jerk, you know. Um, and uh, and then I learned about Bill Roush, and and suddenly you know there's motivation to want to get away. So um, no, I don't believe she was a sociopath. I believe she was a survivor, and the evidence and her actions leading up to that disappearance um, could be viewed as 
you know, sociopathic behavior, but I think it's also survival and survival behavior. I gotta, I, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not trying to be, uh, the Nancy Grace of the whole thing here, but Lancy Grace, <laughs> Lancy Grace, but <laughs> you say she's a survivor. Why wouldn't her survival instincts kick in when she realizes she's pregnant and she says, fuck all these people around me. I'm having this kid. I'm not going to run. What she did was run. Survivors don't run. They, they stand up. Well, I think at that point, the maternal instinct kicked in and I think she realized the safest place for her kid was anywhere that wasn't uh, the word couldn't be found. I think she wanted to get away from a couple specific people in her life, Bill being one of them. And um, yeah, I think the, the the maternal instinct kicked in. And well, let's you, let's have a do over. Uh, I'm not a woman, and I feel like if you only were. If I only were, <laughs> damn. <laughs> um, I don't even know if we should get into it. Maybe we should cut it later. But don't you think it's a little soon for a maternal instinct to kick in when she just found out she was pregnant? Well, I think, no, I don't. Because, uh, you know, I, I, I look back on when I, I found out that that my wife was pregnant, um, you know, and the kids were coming. I mean, that really does, it does change something right away. It, it makes you think outside yourself. It makes you want to actually protect yourself a little bit more in order for you to be responsible for this kid that's coming. It's a huge responsibility. So at the same time, she goes online and looks up how much alcohol it would take to harm a baby. You know, I I think she was maybe worried that she had been drinking in those weeks leading up to when she found out she was pregnant. You know, who? I don't know. It makes sense. It makes sense to me. It makes sense that she would be concerned about how much she was drinking or that she had been drinking so much it was hard to hard to quit completely. So how much can I have without hurting baby? You know, I, I've known a lot of people like that, you know, that 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 flirt with the edge, that that have this, you know, great maternal instinct and are great mothers. But at the same time, just can't set the, the booze down, can't walk away from it for a day. But we're painting her like she was an alcoholic. It was nothing. Yeah, like she was an alcoholic. There's nothing saying she was an alcoholic. Oh, I think there's plenty of evidence suggesting she had a drinking problem. She's drinking Bailey's in her in her morning coffee. She she got uh, at West Point. Who's, where did that information come? The Bailey's in the morning coffee. That's from yeah. Bill, that's from Bill's mom. Bill's mom, the crazy grandmother. <laughs> I, I never called her crazy. Any grandmother would want to see her. <laughs> I don't know if you, you didn't call her crazy, but the tone of your voice made me picture like uh, Joan Crawford. Right. No more wire hangers. She just doesn't like wire hangers. Right. Um, no, you know, no other explanation in my mind makes sense. Certainly not this this crazy convoluted cop theory. I'll tell you what. I'm going to go off on a tangent here. You know, you know what your witness A saw that day? She saw Cecil Smith. At the at the scene, Cecil Smith shows up because he processed the scene, and she sees this. It sticks in her mind, and she 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 starts talking about it after that. And then John Smith hears about this, and let me let me back up a little bit and tell you that about this little experiment that we did in in college. I, I took some psychology classes, and they gave us extra credit to be part of this psychological study. And they sat us in a room, and they showed us a video, and it was a robbery. And it was a robbery taking place where this guy broke into this woman's house, and he stole a bunch of stuff and put it in his bag and left. And then we took um, a questionnaire, and they, they asked us a bunch of questions about what we saw. And we had to write it down. And one of the questions was, um, how, many, how many necklaces did the robber take? And I, and I had to think for a second. I'm like, oh, yeah, three, definitely three necklaces. And then they show you the video afterwards, and they show you he never took any necklaces. But because of the way the question was worded, it reshaped our memory of it. And what's happened here is witness A has talked to John Smith and has talked to Alec, 
Um, and, and they have worded their questions in a way that over the span of many years, she has become convinced that she saw this magical SUV, the 001 park there. And it, and it was Jeff Williams and he was, he was drunk and, you know, and it's become this insane conspiracy where what she really saw was Cecil Smith and everything else has been, and essentially what John Smith has done is taint a witness, which, you know, is enough for him to be charged with obstruction of justice. Um, there are a number of things that he's gone off the rails with. One of them is calling himself an investigator when he doesn't have a private investigator's license. So he's also impersonating a, 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 an officer. So the, the fact that this guy is still out there and not charged with something boggles the mind. I definitely understand what you're saying and, and thinking that uh, Witness A could be off on what she uh, says. Obviously, that's that's proven that witness testimony is shaky at best. Um, but I will definitely say 100% that John Smith or Alex Clogston did not taint Witness A, Karen. She emailed the Murray family very early on, before she even knew who John Smith or, or was. She would have actually known who Alex was, but only be, through her son, not because of any of this. Seen that email? Uh, I have not seen that email, but there is absolutely no way. I, I would like to see that email, and I want to see in that email. I want to see where it says zero zero one. I want to see the su. I want to see those details, and if those details are on there, I will. I will eat a hat. Literally, I will eat. I will find a, a hat made out of like. Uh, uh, fruit roll-ups, and I will I will eat it for you. Well, I think we're gonna we might have a hit video on our on our YouTube page coming up because <laughs> you can't, you can't uh, cop out uh, and eat a fruit roll-up hat. You have to eat like a you have to eat like a straw hat. <laughs> I will eat a hat made of filet mignon for you. But I don't believe John John never even spoke to her. Um, I don't think until until th- this whole thing happened until uh, I think until 2015 was the earliest and John. I think when she started saying the BS about the zero zero one, I, I, I would be so surprised if you can get that email and, and show that, 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 that her story has not changed. I will be, I will be flummoxed. Okay. Well, we will uh, try that for sure. She's never given any impression to me that, that she was lying. Now you're saying it's a misremembering thing. It's a, you know, you, you think of you, you think you have seen something and with enough suggestion, You've seen something, but she has said since the beginning, since since the beginning, before she knew Alex and and John Smith, when they she went to the police and and told them what she saw very soon after the incident. And they said, no, it was a sedan. She said, I know it was an SUV. Like, I know it was zero zero one. It was. How do you know that that's what she said? How do I know for certain that's that that's what she said to the police? Yeah. All I'm operating on is the, the the fact that I met her, and she seems like an extremely genuine person. And John Smith clockwork orange that lady. She she doesn't remember anything that happened that long ago that you can that you could say for a hundred percent that that she's remembering correctly. He's screwed with her mind. But they told her the car so, the the SUV was in the shop at the time. Like they, if she said it was a car, they would have just said, "Oh, you, you saw Cecil Smith." Again, we're we're going off her recollections, and I don't I don't put any sort of faith in her memory because it's been tampered. But this is before she spoke to John or Alex or anyone. But you're only hearing this afterwards. Like you're go- you're still going off her, her memory of these things. I think your memory's faulty. I think it's I think it's been screwed with. I think it's been tampered with. In writing True Crime Attic, your theory has changed uh, a couple times. Um, so, wh- what is that like to write a book and, and your ending? Your, you know, your, your your theory changes as you go. Well, I think the ending to the book is is where I'm at right now. You know, I I end the book saying, you know, if if this is what happened, you know, the book ends with the re- revelation of of what happened with with Bill Roush in D.C. and how he lost his job there. And I and, and I say at the end there, you know, if if she left to protect a kid, then I, I hope she remains missing. 
Um, so, you know, I think for me, what solidified that was this uh, terrible thing that happened back in October where uh, I became convinced that we found Moore's Facebook profile, that it was this, it turned out to be a hoax by, by a, uh, you know, another one of these internet trolls uh, who made this profile. You know, of course, it didn't say Moore Murray, but it was a woman's name and it had the same birth date. And then it had this this person went to lengths to find pictures of kids that looked so much like the Murrays and so much like Fred and uh, and was would have been the, the age that this kid would be. And now, you couldn't you know? reverse oh. Google search it. And you couldn't. Re- yeah, right. So they went to great lengths. And I thought then, oh, my God, this is her. And, you know, now we've we've kind of outed her. Um, and, you know, that to me was the moment where I realized that, that I have some sort of responsibility here is, is that at this point, if I found her, I wouldn't tell anybody, you know, uh, and, you know, if anybody does find her, you know, and we're not the only people looking for her now. Um, you know, I've asked other people, you know, don't, don't tell, you know, don't tell law enforcement, don't tell police if you find her, because if, if you tell police, here's what happens. They, they will verify it. And then they'll close the case. And you know what happens when you close a case? All that information becomes public record. Fred can get that. Moore doesn't want, if she's out there hiding, she doesn't want anybody to find her. Doesn't want Bill to find her, doesn't want Fred to find her. Um, so we can't tell anybody if we find her. We just can't. Do you really think that she like has this all in her head that gets she has a if if so she has a 13 year old child with her what is she telling her child would her child must be asking questions how does she enroll her child into school where is she is she in america is she in canada i mean it's not that easy to do it's not that easy to i mean maybe you could it's not like impossible but these battered women shelters they can hook you up they can get you uh, a, a name they can get you a new name. With a new name, you can get a new social. You can, you can. She might not. I mean, it's it's possible that that she's still in the United States. She's using somebody else's name. Hey, she was described recently by Fred Jr. as as not street smart at all, um, like very very book smart, but not street smart. So yeah, I, I do find that that difficult to do. It's difficult to do if you were street smart. Yet, and yet we have a missing woman who we know in November of that year um, stole somebody else's ID, stole somebody else's credit card, and didn't think twice of doing it. There was also many other people. We've spoken to people about that credit card incident, and they said that, that she wasn't the only one that did that. It was a credit card number that kind of floated around. I've not heard that. Oh, yeah. It was, a, it was, it was like kind of a community thing. I mean, you look at the – I've seen the credit card statements, right? Sure. Yeah, so have we. You would see those other charges. The only charges that that Maura got busted for were the ones that she was signing for that were going to her room. There's no other charges on the card. I, I, I suspect that whoever told you that was feeding you a line. And there's only a couple people that could have said that. I mean we're talking about Kate Markopoulos. We're talking about Sarah Alfieri or we're talking about – um, this this other girl that recently came forward from the track team that is doing everything she can to ghost light um, anybody that suggests that Moore is still alive. I don't know what ghost light means. You want to share where that info came from? All I'm saying is phrasing something like she stole this and she stole that and didn't bat an eye. But when you look into it a little bit deeper, there are instances of credit card numbers kind of going around like here write down this credit card number if you need something it's her father's credit card i don't think i mean saying like it makes it makes people think she like pickpocketed or like looked at it wrote it down it was a piece of paper it was a piece of paper that could have been floating like it could have been passed to her from somebody else saying hey i got this no no, no. that that's a line that you were that you were told that that uh, like there's no verification all we know for a fact is more used a stolen credit card number and yeah. signed for it. Right. She didn't steal the credit card. She stole the number. Right. Steal the card. She stole the number. Right. Right. So where did you get the line? Where did you get the line that she stole a credit card? 
I should I should say number. She stole a credit card number, which other people might have done, and there might have been other credit card numbers, which we were told that there there was instances of other credit card numbers that were floating around. What proof do we have of that? What proof do you have of that she was like going into it? We have proof that Mora had uh, that used. We have proof that Mora used this credit card number that she signed for. That's the only proof. We have. There's a police record of the per- the owner of the credit card. And and there's record where the police say, where did you get this number? Mora goes to her dresser, pulls out this card yep. with the number and hands it to him. The only person we know that ever had those credit card numbers was the person who owned the card and Mora Murray. This whole idea that it was passed around. That's not not that particular credit card number. All I'm saying was that was not uncommon that if somebody had a credit card and there was a number and they, they gave it to somebody else like, hey, this is my parents' card or some food, here's the number, that person might have passed it off to somebody else. Not that particular number. That's, that's a silly made-up story that, that is so trying you, to you, – You think that college kids, everyone else but Mora, wouldn't do something like that? That it's so silly that it's so silly that, that Mora is the only person who would look at a credit card and write it down. That no one else would have looked at a credit card, any credit card, written down the number and passed it off to their roommate at some point. I don't know anybody that did it. Do you? I mean, I don't know anybody that, that would steal a credit card number and, and try to use it in college. Yeah, I absolutely know. My yeah. friends did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Morgan got caught for it, you know. And was, it, it was enough that it could have it could have ended her her nursing career before it started and if she had just kept out of trouble for 6 months it would have gone away and then she got in this accident in Hadley <coughs> and uh, it was likely coming back she did get caught for it and she had 6 months right probation or pseudo probation but it had to be 6 months to to keep her nose clean and then it would get wiped off. She had this accident in Hadley. So you add that ha- that accident and the fact that she was going to be charged with, at the very least, reckless operation. Um, add the pregnancy on top of that. She's got a lot of motivation. She's got a lot of motivation to take that moment to, to head out, to light up for the territories. Seems pretty organized, though. If you're, you know, at that moment, your your head's all over the place. You're pregnant. You got these charges, all these things going on in your life. The boyfriend, all these things. Seems very, very organized to actually pull off running away at that point in your life for 13 years. I think she's. I think she had been thinking about it for a while. I think she had been thinking about it for months. I, I mean, go back to Haas again. Haas. You know, either Haas is telling me the truth or he's lying. You know, and what Haas and what Haas said was that Mora talked about running away. Mora talked about running away and he always thought Mexico. So either Haas is telling the truth and I feel as though he is, and Mora was talking about running away, and then she runs away, or Haas is lying. You know, and then that becomes a, a whole other a whole other can of worms. Why do you feel like he's telling you the truth? It's just that it's honestly, it's that journalistic instinct. I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of good liars, you know, for the same reason that when I talked to Kate Markopoulos, I felt as though she was being untruthful. And for the same reason why, when we talk to witness A, I feel like she's being truthful. <laughs> okay. So, James, why did you archive your blog? A couple reasons. I I no longer have the time to keep up on the comment section, and there's a lot of uh, um, there's a lot of threats and a lot of garbage that comes through that comment section. <clears throat> and uh, um, you know, right now I, I'm focusing on uh, um, a television show. Uh, I'm, I'm focusing on a new book um, and a couple other projects. And, um, you know, I, I got to the point where, you know, I wanted to, 
uh, do something a little more fun and um, you know enjoyable. And then this, you know, when I when I became convinced more and more that that more was alive, um, again, you know, it comes back to the responsibility that that I have of not, uh, you know, not revealing where she is, you know? So, um, you know, I think it's, but at the same time, and, and if, if I was a hundred percent, I'd just take the blog down, but, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, again, there, there are Ariel Castro's out there and there's that one in a million chance that this is a case that, that is something we've never come across before. Um, so it, up there for people to research and, and see all the documents and see the history of it. Um, but I, I also wanted to make it easier for her to come forward if she wanted to. So uh, when I archived it, I decided to take out a lot of the more purient uh, stuff, you know, the um, the stuff that that is more about her being a wild, you know, uh, normal um, young woman in college. Uh, you know, things that I've shared in the past where I shared them because, you know, perhaps she was the victim of a murder and this, you know, this part of her history might uh, shed some light onto, you know, a possible suspect. But since I no longer believe she was a victim of murder, uh, there's no reason to have those things up there anymore. So um, the stuff that speaks to her character uh, and some of the wild times that she had as a college student, you know, I took down too. So, you know, eventually that'll fade away and, and go away and not be there to deal with if she ever decides to come forward. Do you regret putting up those things about the wild time she had in college? Which, how did you know about the wild time she had in college? <laughs> uh, from talking to other people that were there, you know, that, that were a part of those. When did you talk to them? Years ago, three or four years ago. Huh. Um, yeah, so, you know, I... I and, and, you know, these people are also now, you know, heads of business, businessmen and, you know. So psychopaths. Yeah, right. So that's why I took the, that stuff down. And uh, it's and the comments stuff is, you know, it's, it's not something I, I, I want to, to deal with anymore. But, um, you know, I leave it up there. It still gets, you know, I still track about 2,000 hits a day. The site's garnered close to 6 million. It's like. 5,800,000 hits over the, the course of the last few years. And, you know, it's, I never thought it would get that big, but. <laughs> I'm surprised you, I'm surprised you dealt with the, uh, the comments for as long as you did. Like that is, that is some, that those comments are about as intense as any, uh, any blog that's up there. And the ones you've seen are the ones I've approved, you know, right. you should, the ones that I, that I couldn't. Can you give us a taste? Some of them are, are, you know, threatening, you know, me or, or my family. And, um, you know, some of them are just vile. Some of them are attacking Mora. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, you know, the Internet's the, the, the best and worst of, of humanity, yeah. especially when you have anonymity. I don't know how you guys do it, you know, and, and keep coming back. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I know at some point it, it reached a point where I just, I had to quit reading uh, comments and reviews and, you know, things like that. So, you know, I, I imagine you do best when you don't read through, uh, all the, all the YouTube comments and, and Reddit and, and just leave it alone and do your thing. Well, we have, we have each other to bounce it off of. And we've said this before that it's like, you did it alone. You know, we, we, we have each other to be like, can you believe what this person said? How do we react to this? And it's like, oh, dude, just let it go or just like joke around. It's way easier to get involved with something like this when you have somebody else to, uh, to support you. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. 
Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.